All right, Cowboys fans, grab yourself a little Miller Lite and uh, DoorDash in some Wahlburgers because it's time for a virtual training camp at the Star. Mm. The boys are back in Frisco trying to stay Rona-free as we here at The Athletic try and guide you through it all. Welcome on in to About Them Cowboys. I'm Kent Garrison, DFW's favorite podcast producer slash former pop punker, I think. Here to keep our panel in line for some stellar Dallas Cowboys talk. And remember, get all of our coverage here on the bubble in the NBA, the bubble in the MLS, find out what's really happening over at the MLB, and more over at The Athletic. Do it now and get 40% off at theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys. That's theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys. Get all of John and Bob's Cowboys coverage all season long exclusively there, theathletic.com. It's theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys for 40 off. So now, time to welcome in our panel. Welcoming back to the show, by semi-popular demand, he's DFW's favorite current Cowboys pregame and postgame show host. He's Ari Temkin. Hey, Ari, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. That was uh, That's as nice of an introduction as I've ever gotten, Kent. Wow. You need better introductions. <laughs> and he's uh, somewhat back to doing what he does best, which is bringing the best damn Cowboys coverage, period. He's DFW's father. He's Father John Machetti. Mashoda. Hey, John. How's it going? It's good, man. We're getting closer here. We got, uh, this is the pre-pre start to the training camp, and mm-hmm. uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll actually have some practices to hopefully cover. The target date right now is August 13th, so I'm looking forward to that because I'm running out of things to do, and I'm running out of things to watch on Netflix. <laughs> As I welcome in our host, KT, he's going to going to host this hell, the hell out of this thing. And he's DFW's favorite newsman on DFW's second favorite sports talk rap radio rock program. It's Kevin KT Turner. Hey, KT, welcome in. Hey, thank you very much, Kent. Uh, I appreciate that. And uh, I just want to say, guys, I'm opting into this podcast. Thank you. Now. You know what we so. should have done, John, KT, Ari as well? We should have We should have rented a tent, gone out to Oxnard, Pitched it on the old tennis court out there and just done the show from out there. You know, in spirit. We would have been out there, full spirit of training camp. And, you know, they can can have their their training camp at the star and do what they need to do. But uh, at least we could have been out there, you know. Nothing stopping us. I do miss it, man. It was a great, great time. I know you guys were always out there for, you know, a full month. I was usually out there for like a week or two. But it's like... It almost feels weird hanging back in Texas this time of year because it's uh, I'm used to being out there and it's a little cooler. It kind of gets hot in the afternoons there still anyways, but yeah, just doesn't feel right. It feels a little different, man. Yeah. It's kind of a, it was tradition. It's the perfect weather at this point, you know, it's like yeah. the perfect place to be away from being from te- being in Texas at this time of the year. Especially at night, you could go uh, dip your toe in the ocean if that's something that you like to do. Yes. Um, yeah. And as we remember that one time that Jason Garrett took the team out and uh, told the great Joseph Randall story. <laughs> time Joseph Randall was going for a swim uh, last year, I think the big event was um, Smoky um, Smoky's chili caught on fire. And there was a big oh, yeah. fire on the uh, tennis court. Oh yeah, no, we played the audio on the on the podcast last year. So you know, there's a lot, there's a lot that happens out there at training camp, usually uh, of football nature, and then some things that uh, aren't of football nature. Uh, 
no doubt offensive linemen living in those tiny little um, hotel rooms and, and clogging up those toilets. That was something that happened all the time. Um, but uh, I think the what? big news of the, the day is uh, <laughs> you know, talk to the maintenance people at that facility out there. They'll they'll tell you some stories. Um, <laughs> I think the big story of the day we should probably get to is you know a lot of t- uh, players are opting out now. The league is. It's not official yet, but they're trying to move up the opt-out date to Wednesday, saying that uh, you know on, on their end, thinking players might be taking advantage of this, you know, stipend that these players are getting uh, if they opted out. So there's a little bit of controversy uh, today. The news is that the fullback Jamie's Olawale is opting out. So the Cowboys' uh, fullback from the last two years now out of the mix he's opting out he joins maurice kennedy who we brought up in last week's podcast just talking about a guy who could maybe contend for some cornerback snaps and then all of a sudden he opted out last week so you know you're not not huge names by any means or things like that but it is interesting a lot of rosters uh so you saw at the eagles marquise goodwin the wide receiver opting out so you're seeing some pretty big names across the league and some role players for the cowboys uh, opting out. Let's start with you, John. Your thoughts on the opt out? Do you uh, expect any any more players to opt out before you know we actually get to the deadline? If the league moves the deadline up as well, uh, how do you kind of uh, you know condense all this uh, in your brain? Well, I'm not expecting any more like significant players like starters to opt out, but um, Jamez Olawale was a little bit of a surprise just because he's been their starter, or their featured fullback for the last two seasons. And Mike McCarthy used a fullback in Green Bay, had some success there with John Kuhn. I would think that he'd want a veteran fullback with his offense. Uh, Kellen Moore seemed to really like him a lot last year. Uh, so that one is a little bit of a surprise to me because uh, I know a lot of fans will look at it like, we don't need a fullback anyway. Well, that's sure, that's fine. Um, but I think that they're going to have a fullback. So it was kind of interesting that he's a guy that opted out, not to say that you can't find a fullback in free agency if you want a veteran like that and it probably won't cost you very much but so far i mean just the cowboys have three guys not any major names you know not nothing anything like what the patriots are going through um so no i don't get the sense that like you're gonna see any you know the guys that the top players they're all expected to play and i don't see i don't see any like a you know dak zeke demarcus lawrence any of those guys uh zach martin you know uh, they just had their first team meeting today. Uh, this we're recording this on Sunday, so yeah, on Sunday they had their first team meeting with the veteran players, no rookies, and so you know all those guys. I mean, I saw and the, the, they the team released a little bit of a video, and you know all those guys are there. Dak and uh, I saw Dak, Zeke, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, you know Gerald McCoy. Uh, so I, I, to my knowledge, no, there's nobody of note that Cowboys fans should be. Uh, concern that all of a sudden they might be without one of their star players. It seems like uh, most of the guys that you're expecting to be here are going to be here. Yeah, that's I guess the the good news is the the losses are are not going to be debilitating. Um, I guess get to know Shewo Alanalua a ton, the undrafted free agent for the Cowboys out of Texas uh, TCU, who was a running back but has the body of a fullback. I mean, they already have Blake Bell too, so I, he kind of seems like. He'd fulfill that role. I don't know why they'd have a need for two of those guys, but I digress. Um, 
But uh, Oluwale's, I mean, he's probably most well-known for dropping a touchdown pass in the Rams playoff game, right, a couple of years ago. And then, as you mentioned, for some reason, like, they just, Kellen Moore and the Cowboys just decided they were really going to get him involved. They, like, kept, like, seemed like last training camp, they kept trying to push the ball down the field with Jameis Oluwale. Like, they kept calling fullback nine routes. <laughs> it's like, just go straight down the field and catch the ball. It's like... <laughs> You have receivers that can do this. You might as well just go with them and not like your secret weapon of the fullback. But um, yeah, they'll it's, it's never see it coming. <laughs> they'll never see it coming. <laughs> the fullback, the guy who dropped a wide open pass in the playoff game, will never see it coming down the field. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I do think uh, you know John makes a good point though with McCarthy using you know John Kuhn for all those years. Yeah, in Green Bay, that was a, a pretty big part of what they did. Now there were times when. All the running backs got hurt, and John Kuhn had to actually play that running back role. But that's one thing that McCarthy, I think, will do quite a bit. We've talked about him being a little more aggressive, going for it maybe a little more. Not that Jason was shy about going for it over the last couple of years. I mean, at some point, Jason got roasted for that enough that he did start kind of going for it every uh, every fourth and one. It seemed like, you know, even when it sometimes it didn't even make sense to do that or the math might tell you, uh, but um you know, that's what right. they can do is just plow ahead, give it to the fullback, have a guy who can go get yards. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, they, if they're if they unhappy with, with Sewo from TCU and yeah. if they're unhappy with what they have in camp, if they go find a veteran fullback who can do all the things they need. Special teams value needs to be able to block. But you know more than anything, the guy who can kind of just plow ahead on fourth and one and get a yard and kind of be trusty. If you think about – some of those guys over the year with we saw the Mike Gillisley with the, with New England how they would use him sometimes and I think back back uh, to the days of uh, big old Mike Tolbert and uh, you know who's kind of running back type but it was less used for the traditional you know Moose Johnston eye formation you know go hit the middle linebacker you know in the face type of fullback but the the guy who can just move the chains and plow it ahead and be a goal line threat and things like that they they'll want that so. And maybe, you know, Old Wally might not have even been guaranteed that starting job, you know, with the new new coach and Mike McCarthy. It's just kind of where we're at right now and just haven't talked to Mike McCarthy yet. You know, he's a, a very little media availability so far uh, in this training camp. So things are, things are a little different than usual, obviously. Now, the other big, you know, roster move. Well, real quick before I get to that, I do say I think that Maurice Kennedy is a bigger, bigger one than – Old Wally, and I know a, a lot of people might be kind of going, well, Maurice Kennedy's not some big name, but I truly think he was going to contend for cornerback snaps. And I know Trayvon Diggs is probably would be ahead of him in that regard. And I think we all probably agree that Cheeto, Jordan Lewis, and Anthony Brown have that job right now. But take injuries into account and then take into account that Kennedy's a veteran and has some experience and has a decent track record. And uh, I I think Kennedy was gonna make the team, so him him opting out was to me a bigger note than Olawale opting out. Yeah, I kind of think of corners being a, a kind of a wide open group where there's no one that really stands out. So, I mean, within respect, you know, I do think that they're gonna try and get Trayvon Diggs out there uh, just because of his size and his ball skills and things like that. But um, again, yeah, I I know where you're coming from. I, I did a. I feel like an idiot because I did a 53-man roster projection two days before that, and then all of a sudden Kennedy is out, you know? And I had and him he was on your 53? Team. Yeah, I, I had him making it. Um, so now it's like maybe that opens the door for, like, some people really like the Daryl Worley. And yeah. uh, I just don't know enough about him to – because here's the thing for a guy like that, like, 
even if they like him, is he the type of guy that you're going to like have him taking snaps away from Trayvon Diggs or, you know, guys that you maybe, you know, like Cheeto or Jordan Lewis or Anthony Brown? I, I really don't know. I mean, if I don't know how he becomes available if he's really that good. So I, I think he's just another guy that could be a, a good solid depth piece that could help you in a di- couple different places. But um, corner is, is just, it's just one of those positions that's just so wide open going into training camp more so than we've seen in years past. So uh, that if I had to make a list of all of the position battles I'm looking forward to, no question corner is in my top five. When actually, I, I, I talked about this on a YouTube video I just did, but like when you look at like the Kansas City Chiefs of 2018 versus the Kansas City Chiefs of 2019, I think it's a great example of the Cowboys are going to have a really good offense this year. We know that. But the question is, to win multiple playoff games, you're going to need a secondary that can stop teams. And, you know, it doesn't have to be great. You don't have to be top five in offense and top five in defense. They're going to be top five in offense. They should be. But they have to be just like, you think about the difference between the 18 Chiefs and the 19 Chiefs, where I think they were like 32nd in the NFL and 18 in pass play attempts against and like 31st in pass yardage given up. And then they, I mean, they they improved dramatically the Chiefs in 2019. They weren't great defensively, but they were just good enough. And that's where I think, like, there's major question marks about this Cowboys defense, specifically their secondary. If they're, like, blasting the NFL in some of these categories, it's hard for me to believe that they can win a Super Bowl. But if they do have a defense that, in secondary in particular, that can stop some teams, like, that's where I think you can win multiple playoff games. It, again, you're going to win based on your offense, but you have to get stops at times in playoff games. You don't have to be great on defense. You have to have to be okay on defense. And that's, I think the secondary is the big question mark there. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the offense, I think they're going to be good in every phase, and they should be. They've, you know, they've invested so much on the offense right. that it should be that way, and that's why you bring in a veteran offensive head coach. But defensively, you're not going to be a dominant defense. Everyone knows that, but you, there has to be some areas Right. where you do it at a higher clip than what they've been doing. And if it isn't causing turnovers on the back end, then they better shut down the run. In 2016, 2018, they were top five run defense. That has to get better. The, you know, I mean, that's just something, I don't know, for whatever reason, it's fall, it falls off every other year with them. So if you're not going to be great against the run, you better be taking the ball away. There has to be something. It's almost right. like in a way like the 2014 defense where it's like, hey, we're not expecting a ton out of you. We're not expecting you to win games for us, but we're also expecting you not lose games. Lose and games, maybe right. once in a while you might steal one for us. Yeah, and I think they'll they'll see more plays on the ball and things like that. The turnovers, the kind of game-changing plays and things like that that we haven't seen for a long time. Now, easy thing to say, you know, until it happens. Uh, it could be a personnel thing. We've always kind of tend to go, oh, it's kind of a Marinelli defense thing. Well, maybe it's right. personnel-wise, so we'll, we'll get a good look at that. Right. Um, also a kicking move. That's right. The Cowboys with a kicking move. Kai Forbath comes in, replacing Brett Maher last year. Drills 10 of them. 10 for 10. Money, 100%. And how do they reward him? By cutting him. And Greg Zerline will be your kicker. So Greg the Leg is your kicker. Kai Forbath is now joining many of uh, many of the other Americans who have lost their job uh, in 2020. And I'm trying not to make light of that, of course, but uh, you know, sucks for Kai Forbath. I know Kent's not happy about this. Our our uh, our kicking expert Kent Garrison not happy about you, you this. He's Kai Forbath uh, fan club page starter, I believe. You, you, you said it, KT. The guy was perfect. What did he do to deserve this? Nothing. Sucks. Sorry, Kai. I feel for you. Wanted to see you back until you give me a reason to get you out of here. I wanted you around, but um, apparently, 
the uh, Zerline familiarity with with Fossil was the ultimate probably factor there. And fortunately, Kai's going to have to win his job back when Zerline sucks. You know, maybe <laughs> I think, like I said, maybe Forbath can play fullback. We said that off the air. Maybe he can take Olawale's position <laughs> and you just get Kai back there, number three. Uh, uh, Real quick, I know John. Catch better than Olawale, I can guarantee you that. <laughs> John, I know you're gonna weigh in. I just want everyone to know that Kent literally took this hard. He uh, <laughs> he spent a couple days just in his room crying and uh, playing uh, "Everybody Hurts" by REM on a loop and uh, drinking <laughs> copious amounts of alcohol. He did not handle this breakup very well. That's why I have I have this Kai uh, solidarity beard going right now. <laughs> I'm growing it and out. The free Kai, Kai. You have the free yeah. hashtag free Until Kai. Until Kai has another job, I'm growing out my beard. <laughs> yeah, I thought it would at least be a competition in training right. camp. I thought it was going to be one of the ones that we were going to kind of have our eye on. And now there's no competition there. That's It shows you that, yeah, this is John Fossil's guy. It's been his guy the entire time with the Rams. And let's be honest, Kai Forbath was a guy that was bouncing around the league there. It wasn't like he had a solid job or that he had been their guy since the beginning of the year. Um, you know, he's a guy that bounced around from some teams and it probably hurt him that he can't do kickoffs. You know, he, he struggled with kickoffs when he came to the Cowboys. He didn't do kickoffs when he was in, in New England. Uh, the punter handled those duties. And so maybe that worked against him a little bit, but I just thought they would at least make it a competition in camp. And, you know, maybe if, uh, you know, Zerline is just awful and Kai kicks really well, maybe he, he has a chance to win the job, but, uh, obviously, this came down to Fossil. He's going with his guy. It's his first year with a new team. Uh, I, I imagine Mike McCarthy's going to let him do what he wants on that special teams because uh, certainly all eyes are going to be on him every time the special teams unit is out there because it was so bad last year uh, that you know there's a big expectations for John Fossil. That's why you bring a guy like him in there to turn this around and at the very least make him at least mediocre. He was not very good last year. If I, if I remember correctly, I mean, I think he, looking at the numbers, he was five for 11 from 40 to 49 and five of seven from 50 plus. So, I mean, that's what, 10 of 18 um, from 40 50 to 40 to 50 plus. So, I mean, it, this is a guy that was for years one of the best kickers in the league. And um, so I, I guess, John, I'm with you where it's like, let him compete. It's not like you're bringing in a guy that's, a, that's you know, guaranteed to be a great kicker. So it, you know, at least give him that opportunity. But yeah, I mean, the familiarity there with Fossil and the years that he was special teams coordinator in LA makes makes sense. But you don't have to get the roster from ninety to eighty, I think, until like mid August. So why why now? I guess is my question. You know, why not let them compete and see what you have? Um, but you know, that, that's the, the decision they made. The only thing I can say is that maybe they look at it as like. There's not really a lot of guys beating down the door to try and sign Kai Forbath, and they could have easily told him, "Hey, just stay ready. You know, if if this isn't working out here, we're going to come call you again. You know, we don't. You know, we'd rather it didn't work out that way. But hey, if that happens, just be ready. You know, and and he's got to be that way. I remember talking to him last year right after they signed him, and right. that's all you do when you're one of those kickers like that that aren't signed by anybody. You hang out with a lot of other kickers in the same situation, and you are working on it every day because you just never know when you're going to get that call. I'm sure that's what they told him, but. Um, it, it, it had to have something to do with them trying to get down to 80. And they were just like, hey, we're not going to have an, a real kicking battle. Um, we're going with our guy. And stay by your phone. We might need you, but we don't need you right now. So it won't be a situation at all like uh, 
when they carried two kickers back in the David Beeler days, too. They could do that, technically, if they wanted to do that. But I don't think uh, if you went and, you know, pulled out all, all the scouts and, uh, you, know, you know, the coaches and all that and said, uh, who's a better kicker between Forbath and Zerline? I don't think you would have some overwhelming vote for Kai Forbath. Right. Uh, and the answer might be Zerline from all of them. Um, hard for me to have an opinion on that because I haven't seen Greg Zerline kick in, you know, in a real game since last year. But, you know, who knows what kind of form he's in right now. Uh, you're right, though. I mean, from 40 to 49, that, that's a pretty pretty big, pretty common area to kick field goals to, to right. miss uh, six of those, not even to be 50% from that range, is a, is a little nerve-wracking. But, um, you know, we, we do know that he, he can uh, – a much stronger leg than Kai, and that's probably what they want. That's what they wanted in Brett Maher. They really liked that he had a strong leg. So put all that together. Now I, we should probably talk about this. I, I, we're talking about you know training camp and you know it's kind of the how it's weird and we haven't had much media access or anything like that. Usually we get the big state of the team address in Oxnard and you know Jerry says they're going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, Jerry will say some crazy stuff and it's always fun and Stephen laughs over the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Foles isn't an option. Oh, yeah. Foles isn't an option. Foles isn't an option. We like Gore. more. I need me some glory uh, hole. Happened at that one, too. Yep. Uh, just a, in general, last year, just the construction of an apartment complex over uh, by the field making noise. Oh, that's right. When he was asked about Jason Garrett's job security, he was like, what? I can't hear you. Over the- I can't hear you. There's some carpentry going on. Uh, John, when are we going to hear from Jerry? We're going to, I mean, it's going to come up soon. Um, I, I've heard that they're supposed to do something similar to what they did before the draft and then after the draft with some type of a Zoom call thing with media members. Oh, with wait, Jerry. wait, wait. Let's check, check vesselfinder.com, see where he'll, he'll be checking yep. in from. Bravo, Eugenia. Um, but I think, yeah, so it's supposed to be Jerry, Steven, and Mike McCarthy. Um, so I'm thinking probably around maybe August 13th, right when they start the actual, maybe the day before or the day after they actually kick off the start of the actual practicing. Like, cause right now they're just doing team meetings, working out, you know, it's not nothing on the field, no pads, anything like that. That's not supposed to be until the 13th. And so maybe right the day before that, maybe the 13th, maybe the day after that, but we're supposed to have something uh, with the three of them like they normally do from training camp. So uh, I thought we'd have it by now, but um, it does, from what I've heard, it is going to happen. Kent, did you find Seattle. anything on Seattle. the... Uh... Okay. Headed, headed to Seattle. Maybe he's going to get uh, Jamal. Pick up Jamal. Well, like, hey, Jamal. Wait, headed to Seattle? Seattle. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. Coming, coming, coming down he's coming back south from cause... Alaska. He's been in Alaska. Okay, okay, looks like, okay. Looks like it's in that makes more to sense. Seattle. Like I said, so is Jamal. They're they're meeting up, and he's going to meet meet Jamal over at the fish market, boom, the Bravo Eugenia, and uh, switch this thing around. So definitely heading back though. So closer than he was last week, heading back. So we are going to see this if we can assume that he's on that boat, <laughs> in which we're uh, tracking it. Who else will be uh, on, on it? I mean, on I vessel they, finder. I don't know if the kids kids take the boat out by themselves at this point. You know. Well, here's what? the thing, like, Jerry is big on, like, being around when the media's around. And right. I'm not saying necessarily to talk, but just to be seen that he's right. out there practices and stuff. So 
he could be on there and he could even do, like I said, they're going to supposed to have a zoom call or some type of a, you know, teleconference like that with the three of them. And he could very well do it from the Bravo Eugenia. He did that during the draft, but I do believe once media is allowed to go out to the star, we will see Jerry Jones out at the star watching practice. It might only be for a few minutes, but he has always tried to like work his way into, you know, doing stuff like that. I mean, are you, you know, the you guys have seen it. Tra- media access at the store. What's that? Are you under the impression there's going to be media access at the store? Are y'all going yeah, to be able to go watch practice at some point? Like even yeah, socially it'll be, distanced? It'll be a limited number of people. And then, but it sounds like you'll just leave right after because they're not going to, I don't anticipate talking to any players. Right. Face to face this training camp and really not even this season. So right. it sounds like maybe you get to watch practice and then you, at, at most, there could be a socially distanced press conference with Mike McCarthy after him. But even that, I could see them being like, well, you know, after a half hour after, then we'll do it like over Zoom or whatever like that. We can have a press conference like that because we've done these a little bit now because of the draft. So we've kind of had some practice at it, you could say. But I'm just saying like once we get out there and once they start practicing, I can see Jerry being there. I mean, Jerry Jones is a guy that like, I'm not saying every practice, but most of those practices out in Oxnard, he's up in that tower watching practice. And let's be honest, he doesn't really have to be up there. But he likes to be seen. He likes people to know that, hey, this is he's still running the show. And so uh, he might be on the Bravo Eugenia right now. But when we get out there, I, I have a feeling we're going to see Jerry Jones. So what is, I mean, so they ought to get tested. They ought to go home, come back and get tested. But they've had uh, media day. They've had, they've had some things going on at the Star. Um, they had, then they had a team meeting, I guess, right? So they were able to go. The guys who tested negative for the virus were able to go get pitted, uh, fitted for the pads. Um, yeah, I so think there was like they had to pass. They had to do two negatives over four days, is what it was, to like get yeah, access to the star. And then I think, I, I think it's like they're being tested every day for two weeks or something like that. I mean, it's it's crazy because we're like six weeks away from football starting. Like it's it's nuts, and it's like they won't put the pads on for another two three weeks yet. You so know, it's. I, well, I will say this is about as a bubble environment as you can get because employees yeah. haven't been even, you know, at the star since. I mean, that was before the draft. That was that was March or April when they told employees to stop coming in. So no one's unlike, been there. Unlike the bubble, you can still go to club, like restaurants and stuff right now, though. Yeah, you know, you're outside right. of it, and that's, you know, that's the gets, thing is like, right? You know, still thinking that you can do that and it's not going to impact you, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get it, even though you're, you've been trying to be careful. Uh, so it's like, you know, we've gotten some pictures from the Cowboys recently of how they've changed around the practice facility and all of that stuff's top of the line. I mean, they have nothing but space out there. They can space you out all day long. I mean, with having the extra locker rooms that they have at, at the star for when there's high school games there on Friday nights and things like that. And then the extra space that they have for when the rosters are, you know, over 90, you know, once they have rookies and stuff in there before they cut down, I mean, they have the roster space to space them out. The thing is, is like what happens when the guys leave the facility. So it's like, you know, I, I don't think that the guys should be worried about necessarily getting it or passing it inside the facility. Right. It's the going out and then, you know, you're hanging out with some teammates, things like that. Like what you kind of saw with the Marlins. And right. that's the thing. Like there's only so much you can do to police things like that, you know, within a team. So, you know, it, it, it was only a, maybe about 30 second clip, but the Cowboys gave us a little bit of a clip of Mike McCarthy talking to the team and, certainly seemed like COVID-19 was a big part of what he was talking to them about. How, how much did the Marlins outbreak and, and what's going on in baseball? Looks like the Cardinals have had a few more 
uh, positive yeah, tests like six, as well. Like six teams in Major League Baseball have have players with positive tests so far. Yeah. And really, like, one that would really qualify, really two, I guess, would qualify as an outbreak. With the one being the Marlins, two with the Cardinals, with multiple. Yeah, how much has that discouraged you guys on the start of the NFL season, or has it? impacted you at all have you looked at it as hey that's just another sport this is a whole different deal how have y'all thought about that it's made me very oh, pessimistic I, yeah me too go on, you can <laughs> go ahead I'll very go pessimistic go ahead. i mean you know the more the nba has success in this model you know the less major league baseball does the more it's like hey i wonder if something like this actually would work it almost makes sense that it would you know and you know, there are obviously disadvantages for the NFL relative to Major League Baseball. I mean, baseball is a socially distant sport. But I also think, like, the fact that they play once a week plays into the NFL's hands, whereas in baseball, you lose a week of games, you've lost 10 games, you know? So, I mean, you can manage that a little bit better, but you just, you're talking about 53 players on a roster. They all have egos. You know, we, we, when we saw Zeke and Dak at the heart of this, like, working out together outside, like, these guys don't. You know, I don't want to say the rules would apply to them, but they, they definitely feel like I'm young. I'm not going to be affected by this. It's no big deal. And even if they're OK, you know, they're not going to be on a, re- you know, a, a ventilator at the hospital and they'll be OK in that way, in that capacity. Like it's it's just something that can infiltrate a locker room very easily and then derail a season. So it's just it's a lot of guys. It's I mean, you basically need 100 percent of those the people that are involved in these games to not do anything outside of the facility and it's just hard to think that they that, that they won't yeah i agree with you ari and I, I make a lot of parallels with major league baseball and the nfl just because they're the two that aren't in bubbles and when you have an mlb roster right. that's only half the size of what right. an nfl roster is it seems like you're being pretty naive to think that these guys aren't going to somehow contract it whether it be going out or getting it from you know a family member because let's say you know, the week before a game, you have like 10, 15 family members come in from out of town because they want to go to the game or they want to, you know, be around you or whatever. Like, it just, it's tough, man. I just, you know, you'd like to think that because of these things are happening, that it's opening people's eyes and uh, it's going to make guys more cautious and things like that. But there's only so much you can do. And there's only so much policing you can do of young athletes that are, are wealthy and are used to going out and, mm-hmm. You know, they're in the prime of their lives and they're having a good time. And so um, if you can't keep guys in the bubble from going to gentlemen's clubs, right. I don't know how you're going to do it from, you know, guys that aren't in, in a bubble that can are free to go wherever they want and hang out with whoever they want. I mean, what are you counting on? Just a good stern message, right? Every day after they leave practice from the coach. Well, he really talked us up. So we're just going <laughs> to hang out in, in the hotel tonight. Okay. I'll believe that when I see it. <laughs> Uh, man, you could do so much with, uh, you know, you can stream and just play video games and uh, watch all the movies. Watch all of Netflix. What, so about a, what about after big wins? Forget just the week, during the week, uh, what about right. after big wins? You don't think these guys go out after big wins? I, don't care. I gotta the go Cowboys pop play. bottles. You're yeah, right. Cowboys play night games all the time. So guys still go out after the games and stuff like that. It's going to be hard, like especially if they have big wins for those guys to just be like, all right, guys, good one. See you tomorrow at the facility. Yeah, right. We're good. Well, it's interesting because I thought the NFL's strategy, they had all this time, and the NFL's like, okay, we get to let baseball, uh, basketball, and hockey, we, we get to watch what all these teams do, and then we get to watch college football too. College football starts before we do. We kind of let them kind of be the guinea pig. We've got all this time, and now you know, college football transitioning to pretty much most of the big conferences are going to go to only conference schedules. They're going to push back their start a little bit, it looks like. 
I wonder how many conversations, emergency conversations, are being had by Goodell and company about just the idea of a possible contingency bubble. Because there has look, to be. Right. There has to be. Players are already opting out without it. If, if you said, oh, we're doing the bubble, and probably you'd probably have to do it in four regions. It's probably the way you'd have to do it with the NFL, I would guess. Um you would get a lot of players who are resistant to that who would opt out, but players are already opting out either way. So like that's going to happen no matter what. Like I, that's got to be going on. And I've, I was trying to outline it with 32 teams. To me, you could do four areas. Um, I would say Pacific Northwest. You have Seattle. You could use the Washington uh, University Football Stadium. Um, I think LA's got potential with two stadiums as well as the Rose Bowl. Um, but that's you know not necessarily right there. But again, you can maybe make it work. Hold on, um, let me cut you off on that one real quick. The Rose Bowl would be real tough because I've seen that thing after a game, yeah. and it's a wreck. And so like you're going to have to aim someplace that has the turf so that you can play multiple games without having like replace an entire field. I mean, like, I'm telling you, the Rose Bowl, between the Rose the years when the Rose Bowl hosts like the national title game too, so they still have the Rose Bowl. And like, I remember in like 2013, so they had the Rose Bowl, which was Stanford, Michigan State. They put down an entire new field over the top of that for the national championship game a week later. So I don't know. The grass field has got to be out of the question there. Um, but if they can find turf places like that to play multiple stadiums in, in an area, then absolutely. And if you don't have fans in the stands, it doesn't necessarily have to be an NFL venue, you know. I mean, I'm not saying you can play, you're going to play it at a high school, but you could find a college or something like that that might not be using theirs or something, you know, like. I mean, I was thinking Houston because you got you got a turf field, and then also like maybe you have like you can use like rice or some some place else around there. But the big problem with that is is that Houston is like one of the worst areas for COVID nineteen right now. So like you know, and then the California thing's tough because they're they've been the strongest against like opening things up. So I don't see them all of a sudden you know allowing all this stuff. And then so you start factoring like, okay, well, what about that beautiful new stadium in Las Vegas? I certainly don't think you want guys going to Las Vegas in big <laughs> right. groups. So like it's it's really tough. And then it's like, okay, do you go to the north? And then where are you going in the north? Like that seems like there's some logistical issues there too. Like I don't know, man. Like because I've been thinking about this. I'm like they have to have a plan and they're in, already in place. Like we're not going to put this out there now. But if there starts to get a lot of cases like we're seeing with Major League Baseball, then boom, we go to this. This team, these teams play these teams. We're going to set it up like this. But I just don't know where you're finding those four, three, four, five spots to do it at that all work out for everyone. The NFL also seems so far moved from reality. You know, like they made the announcement uh, was it last week that they were going to have like, fans had to wear masks at games. And it's like they just blew right past the like, we're going to have fans at games. Like they just blew right past that. And we're Wait, like, they're going to have fans. <laughs> yeah, they. Was it two weeks ago? It was like a big report that like all the fans had to wear masks, and it was like, oh, well, breaking news: it, the NFL is going to have fans at games this year. <laughs> with that being said, they, it's a team by team thing. Oh, like, right. it yeah. could be like it could be like fifteen thousand people at AT and T Stadium, but the Raiders play in front of nobody uh, right. in in Las Vegas. It's, but doesn't it's a it kind of feel like thing. even that announcement made it seem like they're so far removed from reality? Like, why really? even have fans? fans? Do you know what fifteen thousand fans in AT and T Stadium is going to look like? Like, why even do it <laughs> right. at that point? No, it's the money though. They don't. It's not I mean, about like what they care. The sound. What, look, what anything dent like that. does fifteen thousand fans for one game make in their 
the grand hey. scheme. None. Oh, you're really underestimating wealthy people if, if that's the question you're asking. Because they, you know, I'll tell you what it is. It's that the that the money, whatever they'll make off of 15,000 fans right. that uh, right before all those 15,000 fans came in the stadium, they didn't have. So, like, the idea well, that they're like, oh, they're I'm worth billions, so what's a couple hundred thousand? Uh, waivers signed at the at the door so that they don't have 15,000 lawsuits of of section 104 got corona Coro- everyone got corona that was in that uh, I think they're section. very confident that they'll get those waivers signed that's what I mean that's, that's they're gonna have to do venue like, that like well you use just the Cowboys as an example you really think they're gonna have a hard time if every home game they're gonna have fans and they're one of the only teams in the league that are doing that and they're only gonna be 15,000 this is a this is a stadium that when the doors open for standing room only that you can't see anything and are terrible trample over each other. Jerry. So if they make 15,000 available, you're telling me that they're not going to sign a waiver? It's Every one of those people will sign a waiver. It's just such a bad look, Jerry. Just don't. Obviously it's a bad look, look but that doesn't just, mean it's going to stop anything. But that, 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 that's God. a level of not talking about of... Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on in this country oh, when you're Jerry Jones and you talk about everything else, isn't that a bad look? That seems like no, no, a problem. It is, but putting, putting, being the only team in in sports in the world to put people in harm's way is a pretty bad look. If well, no, and it's not even it. worth the gamble. It's not right. even worth the gamble of those fifteen thousand bring a bring some someone would bring the virus into that area. All right, someone in the, those fifteen thousand people right. would bring the virus, and then that shuts down the there. a right. team, and that shuts down your TV money. Like, bringing in money from fans is so stupid. Their focus has to only be about getting TV money. That is all that matters. That is but that the isn't the way it's going to be thing. for the Cowboys. Right. If, if those Forbes reports are correct, and the money the Cowboys bring in off of just a, a single home game, I don't I – don't, let's put it this way. If anybody's going to have fans in the stands in all of sports, <laughs> it'll be the Dallas Cowboys. But that's what I'm saying. The risk of that bringing so someone dumb. in for a game or two games or three games or four games – does not outweigh the chance that you shut down the entire season because you did that. And I agree with you, but I'm just saying, don't be surprised. Well, and they're, and they're going to have, I mean, you know, yeah. they'll protect the players, quote unquote, as much as they possibly can. The fans, they don't really care. You know, they're, they're not going to put like extra protections in for the fans, but they will. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I, I, it was like the first 15 rows, whatever it is, will not. You know, I mean, they're, they're going to try to limit how close in proximity the, the fans are to players. But you yeah, know, that'll be fine. The problem I really right. see is um, concession stands and then and then restrooms yep. because how do you keep those clean during a game you know people are coming in and out uh, you know like are you limiting alcohol sales because you're no. you or and, and beverage sales because you don't want people to use the you know the restrooms as much like and I don't see that happening right. so that's the part where I don't know how you keep that area completely clean like i the social distancing in a stadium that big for fifteen thousand, you can certainly do for them to watch the game but i i find it hard to believe that they're gonna have this concession stands closed you know i feel like everyone should just go watch the episode of scrubs and it shows you how a virus is spread and they they put it's basically the, the color green they're, I mean, obviously they're at a hospital so it's, there's a lot of virus in there but I'm it's not trying to be a dick different. here I'm not trying to be a dick but if you don't know the dangers of a virus by now <laughs> i don't know where you're living and what you're paying attention to you certainly don't have the access to anything that plays a podcast so you're not listening to this so i don't even <laughs> want to talk about people knowing about the virus like you need to know if you should know by now what the virus is <laughs> nice 
<laughs> I'm glad that we're doing this on Zoom so we can see that KT just put on wearing a mask there. during the podcast. This is going to be ultimate, <laughs> ultimate safety. In, 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 in his rave tunnel. But, I mean, I tweeted <laughs> – you know, a poll out right when the mask announcement was made. It was like, would you feel comfortable going to an NFL game with a mask on? And it was like almost 2,000 people voted. And it was like, it, it was not as close to 50-50 as I expected it to be. It was like 58 yes. And a lot of people the mentions were like, I'd go without a mask on. It's like, you're great. You're like, the, the, the mask, <laughs> the mask is, is for other people. So you're, being, you're showing how selfish you are. And that'll but, be an issue. Cause right. Yeah. You know, guys will take it off. You know, people when they're cheering, yeah, will, they're will eating, take them drinking off, you know? beer. Yeah, and there's and, 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 and you're gonna see a lot of my favorite look, the old, the hanging off the one ear. Like, I mean, you can't look right. dumber than having right. a mask hanging off one ear like that. <laughs> or and like it's, underneath it's the become nose. a real popular look. It's so true. Although I, I did, they're gonna do like those beer helmets where like you have like the straws, you know, on both sides. You know that like as soon as you walk in, Jerry's gonna have those marketed, like the beer helmets that they have because oh, yeah. they can He's just gonna have, have cowboys masks for for thirty five dollars. Yes. Cowboys head branded. sanitizer, star, hand star sanitizer. head sanitizer. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you know it. Do Do you guys have any other bubble uh, ideas? I have. I have a bubble thought. I am so impressed by this NBA bubble, man. The whole how they've replicated the games, trying to make it feel like a home atmosphere for the, the home Zoom team. fans with the the fans, the crowd noise, the broadcasting has been awesome. I think the players have really bought into. Do you hey, guys ever watch Black Mirror? Am I the am I the one? Can't you watch Black yeah, Mirror? Don't yeah, you? Have yeah. you seen Black Mirror? Yep. There's like an episode where everybody lives in pods and like they put on like a virtual reality helmet and they're like in a stadium uh-huh, with all these yeah. other people that are, which when you watch that episode, you're like, wow, that's crazy and so outrageous. And then you watch an NBA game today and you're like, oh my God, this is so close to what that was. It's kind of freaky because it's like you could see that people might get afraid, you know, post pandemic of going places and the germs they could be exposed to. So like what if virtual reality fandom becomes a thing I, because I of this? I can see... It definitely, uh, uh, you know, ESPN or somebody offering like a VR feed of one of the right. game, one of the games, right. and yeah. But you know, yeah, I, I think it's amazing what they've been able to do in the NBA, and and like I said, the players have bought in, and I think they're really just like, hey guys, let's just hang out here for a month, let's goof off, let's play video games, let's let's hang out in this bubble, and and somebody's gonna win a championship, and I think. When you have that environment, that amount of players, when you, it's kind of con- you can keep it contained like that, I think that's kind of the only way you can you could probably do this. And well, the key, uh, yeah. the key it's is the a, amount of players. Impressive. Yeah, the amount of players is the key. Yeah, yep. I mean, you've already had there's one Lou Williams that we know of situation. So multiply that by amongst every NFL team. Keep in mind, it's not like every NBA team's there either. Every NBA team did not go into the bubble. So you got 32 NFL teams, and then how about just the plain old playing surface and the size of the playing surface like it's a real easy to get a basketball game going i mean it, it you know you can go play in a high school gym you know if you're not gonna have any fans there so yeah they've done a great job but it's also a much easier task than it would be to get nfl teams and all even, the nfl teams is it even an option right now bubble. do you think like at this point it kind of seems like they had to make a choice early on if they're gonna too, do it feels too late yeah it's like well, they I mean, have to have some logistics that if if it comes to this that because here's my thinking on this is like, yeah, do they should they have had something in place for you to all of a sudden like this is going to be our fallback like a week later or two weeks later? Sure. But I envision if it if it goes south and you get a bunch of people that test positive, they'll postpone the league 
and they can do this for like a month or two because you got to keep in mind like yeah they can sit there and like push the super bowl back and their whole goal will just to be get a season in and when you only play one game a week you know there's things that they can kind of juggle around to make that work so I, it won't be one of those things where if all of a sudden there's just these outbreaks on several teams and they're just like all right this is what we're going to do and then next week we're going to start doing this it'll be no we're shutting the league down for a month and then we're going to and then we're going to move to these other places you know where you know and i do think that other college campuses could maybe be a potential not the actual campus but just using their right. facility if yeah. those colleges aren't playing football there well, yeah, look, to me, it's a lot like the going back to school debate for a lot of people. Just because you're used to school beginning, you know, at the beginning of, beginning of September doesn't mean that's when school has to start. You may have to start school in October. You may have to start school in November, especially, and it's a whole different discussion, but like if a vaccine did come through at the end of the year, obviously older people would get it. Pregnant women would get the vaccine if they, you know, chose. And then who would get it? The people who have the most money. That would be... Uh, NFL. So, uh, like, I, they, would, they would have it. So, I think they would probably be able to try to give it a go as late as November, maybe December. I don't think it's crazy that they would do a condensed league that could start in December or January. I don't think that's insane. Now, they would obviously probably not be playing 16 games, but I don't think it's nuts to think if they got the league wrapped up by April next year that they would try to make that happen as much as possible. Well, with all the TV money wrapped up, and it just makes it hard for me to believe that they're just going to cancel a season. Right. They're going to try so many different things. I mean, <laughs> you might see the Cowboys playing the Packers at Highland Park High School, but they're going to try and get something where, you know what I'm saying, like where they can at least have games that, like the NBA is doing, like, yeah, they have virtual fans, but it's obvious that they're playing in an empty gym. Like, that's fine. As long as you have a product to put on TV for people to watch, they're going to try and find a way to do that. And I would... I. It would, it would be really bad if the NFL doesn't have a season at all because I feel like they've had more time, more time. to prepare than anyone else. Yeah. And so the think cra- about the Ford. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, the, and the, just the craziest thing, too, to think about is, you know, they've already set sort of the 2021 salary cap at like $175 million, which is like a, a significant decrease from this year's cap. It could go up if revenues go up. But, I mean, after, after next season, guys, that TV contract is up. They're going to go back to market. They got $10 billion over the last over 10 years in their last contract. They're, they'll probably double that in this next contract. So it's like the salary cap is going to go down for 2021, and then it's just going to go woo, like straight up because, because of the money that they're going to get from their new TV contract. And so like this is where really good general managers are, are going to take advantage of the rest of the league because you have this weird situation this year with rosters and – you know, you have this looming salary cap that's going to go down, and then it's going to go skyrocket. So it's it's just going to be very interesting to see the decisions teams make, especially given there's more practice squad spots open this this off season. No, no, exactly. No, and I think I was just thinking in my head too. This sounds so crazy, and I'm trying to. I understand that the bubble's not likely, but I want to go back to that for one second. I was thinking about this. So the Ford Center, you can play games in there. Yeah, right. Right, AT and T Stadium. They've transformed Globe Life uh, Park uh, into the XFL place, right? So there's three right there. TCU TCU, and SMU. SMU, Apogee. Okay, so uh, So there's six stadiums. uh, Allen. Allen. Seven. South Lake Carolina. You guys... You guys laugh, but I mean, it wasn't that long ago the Cowboys, when it rained outside, were going to these high schools to practice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when they were at Valley Ranch, they, they they didn't have an indoor, and if they couldn't get into AT&T Stadium, they were going to high schools. And I want to say the Packers did practice 
at Highland Park. Park yeah. When, when, when they were getting ready for the Super Bowl, you know. So, and then I want to say, like, even during, uh, there was a year when I remember, like, Romo and some people, like, they had most of the team out at, like, I think it was, like, South Lake Carroll, like, practicing and stuff like that. So, you know, the high school venues are certainly, I mean, Allen, Allen Stadium, you put that up against any high school stadium in the country. No, no, this is an area just, it's when you look at the coronavirus cases, this is also an area where it's been hit pretty hard by it. So, but, no, uh Texas would certainly, I mean, Dallas, North North Texas would, would be a possibility. Think about college. You know, things are way different, right? Way different things are people are going to have to adjust. But think about how college uses the 11 a.m. method for the first game, 2.30 for the second game. They usually go 6 o'clock for the third game, and then you have your late night West Coast wildness at 9.30. But that's a good way to get four games in all day long for you to watch. I mean, the NFL could go to that on a Saturday-Sunday type thing, and college football might be mad that the NFL's taking that over, but, you know, and, and there's tons of crap you'd have to work out in TV contracts. But in terms of getting the product on TV and satisfying your TV contracts and giving everyone, like, all day to watch football, that there's a way to do it. Like, if you kind of transition from your classic – we start at noon, the 3.30 games, and then the 7.20 games. They obviously don't want to do that. I mean, I just read a story about the new TV, uh, the meetings they've had about the new TV deals. And, you know, basically Fox, CBS, NBC all went in there and said, we want to keep it the way it is. And NFL owners who are, you know, mostly old guys, they're not ready to go to streaming yet. They don't like right. that, you know. They don't want to do that yet. Um, you know, and I think Fox that's in the NBC, next cycle. I think that's the next cycle. I think that's I in 2030 or 2020, yeah. you know, whenever yeah. the next CBA ends. Um, but, like, Fox's, like, whole thing was like, yeah, we just want to keep our uh, our afternoon package, and we want, to, we want the NFC. We think they're more marketable. And CBS is like, we just want the big games, uh, if we can get a big game pretty much every other Sunday. And then ESPN's like, we want more. Well, can you? Uh, we want, we want to be on ABC. And uh, and then like NBC's like, yeah, we're good. Just keep Sunday night football here. We're good. Like they, it, what I, I guess my point is, they're just so used to this cycle, and this is what we do. It's like clockwork. Just crank out the schedule. It's just very easy to understand how this has all worked. And now, big time money makers. We're going to have to kind of fly by the suit of their pants a little bit to make this work, potentially. The, t- the TV is what's going to make this happen, yeah. or at least yeah. give that every try, because when you look at the end of an NFL season and you see all these stations put up what are their most-watched TV shows, like, they're all NFL games. That's you know? unreal. And they, they kill everything else. So, uh, like I said, there might not be fans in the stands, and it might not be at, in every team playing their home games at home, which you really don't need to if there's no fans in the stands. Uh, I just think they're going to give it every effort to try and get an NFL season in. So, yeah. uh, let me throw this out to you guys real quick. Um, mm-hmm. What is your, what are your ideas on uh, the possibility of like, if you're the Cowboys, you don't have Andy Dalton around the team at all because you want to quarantine a quarterback who is a veteran who you really don't necessarily need him practicing all the time. And I don't know, he probably wouldn't be down for this, but I'm just saying like to have a guy just in case so that you don't have to start Ben DiNucci on a Sunday. I think that's why they signed him. It's because they might, this year of all other years, you know, given, uh, you know, the pandemic and, you know, they didn't know what was going to happen with Dak exactly. You know, I think you're, you're going to need him probably this year more than most years. So I, th- I love that idea, John. I think that probably makes sense. 
I'd go further than that. I would not have my ones and my twos, you know, in the, that are in the same position group together. You know, I would I would definitely try to, you know, try to limit the amount of the same position group is with each other um, because you just you just don't know, and so you're trying to protect yourself as much as possible. Um, so I would I would I would definitely keep Dalton. The other thing too, we kind of touched on this a little bit, is with the expansion of the practice squad, and you don't any veteran can join a practice squad too. Like it'd be very curious to see how do teams maneuver that. And are you adding a veteran quarterback to that as like a emergency guy? Are you, you know, is Ben DiNucci part of the, so I, I just think that whole dynamic is really interesting. How you, you can have veterans on the practice squad now. Yeah. Yeah. They've expanded, they expanded it from 12 to 16 and there's no, if I understand it correctly, John, I'm, I, I'm not sure. I believe there's no age. Like, as before, you, you have an amount of time you can be limited to, to, to playing the practice squad. I think this year they've lifted all of those restrictions. Yeah, I'm not 100% certain on that. I know they expanded the practice squad, but I'm not 100% certain about on the veterans like that. Um, but it could be. I'd have to go back and look, though. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because you see uh, Matt Stafford uh, was on the COVID list. Right. Um, and given you know his wife you know, recovering from cancer – um, I don't think it's crazy to think that Matt Stafford might opt out uh, over the next week. Uh, Gardner Minshew to Dave's put on the COVID list as well, the Jacksonville quarterback. They may be tanking anyways or whatever, but, uh, you know, you get a quarterback on there, that's that's way different. We've seen some big names in baseball get it, but ain't nothing like the quarterback in sports. Uh, that's kind of wild. You know, one thing, too, I would also say is as much as we killed Garrett over the years for his, like, emphasis on – RKG's the right kind of guy, right? We just think he's the right kind of guy and does the whole spiel. I think the right even, kind even of guy... Even when it's clearly not the right kind of guy, he still says it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he says it no matter Greg what. Hardy, yeah. yeah, definitely but right like, kind of guy. I, would, I will say this. The idea of having a bunch of right kind of guys is got to be comforting to some of these coaches when you're talking about doing Zoom meetings, when you're talking about accountability in terms of Really need you to stay in shape because we're not going to be uh, maybe going at it as hard uh, together as groups in, in the weight room and things like that. There's a little bit of accountability just to the simple thing that we've talked about. Can you not go to uh, to on the border and have a margarita? Can you just stay home and maybe not go to I mean, the bar I can't. and take a chance? I have to go to on the border. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's necessary for me to do that. Every night I have to go to on the border. It's. I mean, and then just imagine that, you're a millionaire with, that with, a di- with a different Every chicken night. in the city, you know? Every like, night. <laughs> it's, it's, a, a, it's a sickness. I have to go down the border. Like, I really, like, I, I, I can't help it. Well, honey, it's, it's 7 p.m. I'm going to go ahead and go start the car. <laughs> Sorry, coach. I, I literally have to go down the border. I, I can't. <laughs> I think it's more Magic City than on the board. But okay. Magic City wings. They've got great wings. Oh, yeah. good God. That's uh, so funny. Shout out to Responsible dancers are keeping six feet distance in between during dances. Hey. Gosh. I mean, I we've talked about this before, but it's just <laughs> you say all this, and then the players get out there, and they just run it into each other for two and a half hours. So it's like – if anybody Come has on. it at any point that's undetected, it's man, it's going to be a COVID a party on that field, man. It's it's uh, if there ever was I, one. <laughs> for me personally, like so, they have they've shut off like at my radio station. You know, it's a it's a music station, so a lot of the DJs can just do it at home. But for me, I'm on a show with three other people, 
and there's a show after us that has three people and we're all in one room and we're all talking on the same microphones and it's probably a bit of a risk, but we've gone six months so far or almost like five, well, probably four months, I guess is probably what it is without, but I think we all feel pretty nervous about it. We still like every day are like, we're wiping down everything, but it's like, honestly, what's happening? We're in a room, door shut, small room, and we are breathing, talking, projecting into the air. So imagine football players breathing, talking, projecting now outdoors in a lot of these cases. Um, There's, you know, they they talk about your droplets going up, you know, but, uh, you know, who's... You know, medical experts are still learning on the fly about some of this stuff. And I know a lot of our listeners, are, they, we've gotten some feedback on this, or I have at least. It's like, hey, man, just like don't COVID it up every time. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm with you. I understand. We don't want to talk about this either. Like, trust me, we don't. Well, the, like, the entire season kind of <laughs> hangs hinges the on this. Here. Like, it, there's yeah. not going to be a season if this doesn't work. So I think it's kind of – it's relevant. It's not irrelevant you're, content. You're, Let me just. Back you're literally that up. In, in in a spot where it's like for the first time ever, you're like, I will take. Give me the team that stays the healthiest over the most talented team. Right, which right. Is crazy to there think. Of. But if you tell me that there's a team that is going to have their whole team stay healthy all year long, that team's probably in the playoffs and maybe making a run. Whereas like the, a lot of these other teams, it might be more talented. But then they don't have a guy for three weeks, and they have to put this guy in, and there's just no continuity all season I mean, for this team that has their. But I mean, I will say also, the NFL. Let's not act like these teams are the same team week one as they are week week sixteen. You know, I mean, there's just dealing with injuries and, and next man up stuff is is a huge part of the yeah, NFL. That's true. The the biggest thing though is obviously like we were just talking about at quarterback though. Like it just, I mean turn on some of those xfl games when there's bad quarterback play that changes it for every everyone so uh you know and there's a few other positions like that too i mean we've seen it just here in dallas when tyron smith goes down everything else kind of starts to fall apart on offense like you know so there's some certain positions that you can't overcome like that but you know nfl they're used to it you know guys get hurt all the time but i don't know how you can be talking about the season coming up and not right. talk about COVID nineteen. I just don't. I I don't know how you do it unless you just pretend that it's not real and that no, this is going to be fine and they're all going to play the regular season and it's going to be like every other year and it's just not though. I Regardless mean, just, of yeah. what we know about it, it's it's you know long term health or what what you know it does medically. The NFL has a stance on it and the stance is if you have it, you're not playing. So that's the right. what we have to go forward thinking. Doesn't matter how dangerous it is. To whether you're going to die or not, right. they've, no, they've made right. a stance. And you might not even they've feel sick. Decision. You just test positive. Right. If you test positive, yeah, exactly. If you've got it, too bad. This is the protocol, and this is what we're doing, and we've got to kind of survive under these this protocol, and that's what it's it's going to have to be. It's it's going to be part of the conversation going forward. Hopefully, not the whole conversation though. Hopefully, they get. Some and you're trouble. already seeing. And you're already seeing it right now because another aspect of it in, in the coaching with Doug Peterson now just came out recently, and he has it. So now Deuce Staley is is going to be handling some of their practices and, and running them for the Eagles. And so, you know, it impacts more than just the players too. Like, okay, so what if Mike McCarthy has it or other right. coaching staff has it and they can't coach on Sunday after, you know, like who has to step in? So they have to be working on all this stuff, all these secondary plans, these backup situations of, okay, well then who's the head coach? And then, okay, if this guy isn't going to be there, then who's going to coach the linebackers or who's going to be in charge of the defense and stuff like that? So 
I mean, it's a huge part. It's a lot more that they have to have on their plate now than ever before. I mean, the, like these coaches are going to just love going back to whenever there is a vaccine and, and it gets back to as close as it possibly can to the way it was before this. You know, they thought there was a lot on their plate then. You know, you talk about these coaches getting there early in the morning and almost sleeping at the facility, some of them. Uh, you know, there's a, there's just so many different things, and all of it comes back to how they handle COVID-19. So I just don't – I don't know how you don't talk about I'm it. I'm surprised the Cow- – you might know this, John, but I'm surprised the Cowboys haven't offered up the Omni to their, to, their, to their players. They might have and said, hey, for anyone that wants to social distance, that wants to stay in a bubble – We've got a hotel here. You could stay here, come down to practice. We'll feed you, go back up to your room, whatever, you know. I'm sure they'd be fine with that. The rookies are staying there right yeah. now. Um, I'm sure they would They would love for guys to do that. But, I mean, these guys have families. They have kids. Like, they want to be around their families and stuff. So, you know, they can't make you do that. Not you make know? you, but just offer it up to any yeah. players that feel a little bit nervous about having to go home or – you know, feeling obligation or whatever it is, you know, um, I yeah. would think the Cowboys would try to do all they can to create any kind of bubble environment that they can in Frisco for any players. Then how do you that. create How are you creating a bubble though? If like, you're still allowing, like, so right. if the players are in that hotel, can, are, are family members not allowed to visit them there? Um, yeah, ha- they no, wouldn't be able to. No, then. no, no. Yeah. That's what I mean. I just don't see guys not wanting to be around their girlfriends, be around their wives, be around their kids, yeah. be around their mom or dad, whoever that like lives near them and stuff like that. I just, you know, the one thing with the NBA is that, you know, their season's just about done. They're, they're heading into the playoffs and, you know, there's, it, it's a, it's a shorter window there where it's like, yeah. if you're an NFL player, you sitting there going, okay, I'm going to do the hotel thing. Am I in here until January? And if we win and we make it to the Super Bowl, then does it last till February? And if the season gets postponed, then am I here till March or April? I mean, like how much time am I spending sure. in here quarantining? And so, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it, it's like one of those things where it's like, it's gotta be all or nothing. If everyone's not all doing that, right. I don't know how much sense it really makes, right. you know, man, hopefully next week we were able to talk about some storylines. Hopefully we've got some, uh, media access from either McCarthy or Steven or, or Jerry, uh, or Dak or whatever. Uh, and hopefully we can, uh, have a lot of positive NFL storylines that we could at least chop up here on about them. Cowboys. Um, Ari, thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Would you uh, like to take a second to promote uh, what you've got going on, man? Yeah, appreciate that. Follow me on Twitter at Ari Sports and uh, subscribe to my YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash Ari Sports. Appreciate you guys having me on. Always. Absolutely. Ari, love having you on. Uh, Ari, the uh, host of the pre- and post-game show for the Dallas Cowboys on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Hoping there is a pre- and post-game show to host this year. Yeah, certainly hope so. No preseason games to. Uh, That's right. Already lost five games. Already lost five games. But you can always. Uh, hopefully, maybe you can always. Uh, you and Kent can go uh, throw on a mask and go to on the border and just chop <laughs> I it ha- up. I have to go, KT. <laughs> he, he has to every Seven night. Days. I have to go right now before they close. Uh, right before this podcast. Okay. Over. Do you work there? That is my next question. You have to go. It sounds like you work there. It's a medical condition. I, I will say, it, On the Border but, yeah. has the best tortilla chips. If you go to a store, uh, I've done a taste test. Of all of the tortilla chips that exist at the at the supermarket, On the Border has the best. That's Without a doubt. It's a good observation. Pat, when you get there, are there are there other people that you sit with that have this similar issue? 
I don't. I don't go to on the border. I'm, I'm totally, oh. totally kidding. I live in. I live in Dallas, Fort Worth. I'm not going to on the border if I want <laughs> Mexican slash Tex-Mex food. There's, that'd be a, a crime Man, in and of itself. fired, dude. That's no, fired OTB. OTB <laughs> is a solid on the place, border? man. They just want your love. Okay, on the border. There, there, hit me up. There goes try, that chance hit, of them sponsoring hit me, us. Yeah, hit me up. Thanks. Try to convince me otherwise, and we'll talk. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not. I'm not messing around with that. Kent doesn't speak for all of us on the border. We would love for you to sponsor our show. Also, I love how that's a, that's where Kent drew his line. Like, yeah. Okay, I this. No, I don't go there with anybody. Uncle <laughs> like, yeah. Julio's, if you're listening, what's up? You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll take some uh, some some Joe T's uh, or something <laughs> like that. All right, guys, great work for uh, Ari Temkin joining us once again for the star of the show, Father John Machoda. Yeah, and then for our producer, the king of Mexican food delights, it is Kent Garrison. <laughs> I'm Kevin KT Turner. <laughs> we'll see you on another episode of About Them Cowboys next time. We have another episode of About Them Cowboys. <laughs>